I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. I'm going to be doing a little bit of a shorter podcast. Uh, I think it might be best if I just try to do shorter ones, get in the stuff that I want to talk about, and, you know, don't focus on having such a big podcast. I mean, personally, you guys aren't paying for any of this. Not yet. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. It's called the Boxing for Free. Not boxing, not boxing for free on Patreon. I mean... We're not that fancy, and I don't think we're going to get that fancy. But either way, a new podcast. I'm talking about some new things, and we're going to actually be talking about some fights from not this past weekend only, but the weekend before. And the, the first one I want to talk about is uh, David Benedbides versus David Lemieux. Well, this was a big battle of Davids in the super middleweight division. However, the outcome, my friends, was bigger than even I thought it was going to be. Uh, going into the fight, I thought that Benavidez had all the momentum going for him and that Lemieux was really on the downslope. I, you know, looking at this fight, I kind of thought Benavidez is probably going to stop Lemieux in round five. Now, this isn't the same Lemieux who in the late 2000s was creating a lot of buzz with his knockout power. It, it, it seems like ever since those two back-to-back losses to Marco Rubio and uh, Joachim Alcine, a lot of the luster has vanished from Lemieux. I, I I don't like to use the word, but it almost seems like he had been exposed in the in the Alcine fight. Yes, he did have power, but was he just over overly reliant on said power? You know, I remember people saying that the Alcine fight was maybe a bit too soon after the loss to Rubio, but I also countered that you know. Those two fights were eight months apart, and his people, his trainers, certainly didn't seem to think it was too soon. But I also remember, and I, I think this was after the uh, after his first loss to Marco Antonio Rubio, that his original trainer, Russ Anber, uh, had left. I can't remember if it was uh, Amber's decision to leave or whether Lemieux decided to leave, but at the time, uh, Russ Anber had his... Uh, amazing a really great show on tsn called in this corner and if tsn were smart they'd bring it back which is why you know it's not on the air because they are not smart but either way amber had said at the time that uh lemieux was not really putting in the effort and training he felt it was necessary for david to become a champion but Regardless, after those two losses, Lemieux was able to rebound. He even ended up winning the IBF middleweight title, and that got him into a unification bout with Gennady Golovkin, Triple G. Everybody was expecting that fight to be a real fireworks fight, and it was, just for Golovkin. And he dominated the whole fight. At that point, it seemed like Lemieux was going to be good for a certain level of a fighter but when he tried to step beyond his own level he would lose and unfortunately that's what happened against David Benavidez and to be if I can be perfectly frank it looked like he was going to get stopped in the first round with about 13 seconds left in the first round uh, Benavidez lands this counter left hook that wobbles Lemieux badly and then he backs into the corner Benavidez just goes to work throwing around and I, I took a count I'm trying my best to count but even my best friends will admit, math is not my strong subject. But around 26 unanswered shots, like not all of them land, but the 26 shots were thrown by Benavidez. And the referee actually stepped in just like a fraction of a second before the bell actually rang. 
okay? And the commentary team actually thought, oh, he stopped the fight, did he? Or, or was that just the end of the round? And I don't know, maybe that was the referee's intention, but it's almost like as soon as he heard the bell, he kind of thought, oh, it's a, it's a bit too soon. Okay, and he's walking Benavidez, or not Benavidez, sorry, he's walking Lemieux back to his corner. And when Lemieux sits down, he's telling him, like, you, you got to show something. But then Lemieux's down again early in the second round. It's like, what, 20 seconds in? How much longer is this going to go on? The referee, once again, tells him, you got to show me something. I'm giving you a short leash. But in the end, uh, in the third round, Lemieux's corner, like just threw in the towel. They said, all right, that's enough. You know, no more of this. I would not be surprised if this was the last we heard of David Lemieux, certainly at this level of the sport. Now, you've heard me talk about this a few times on the podcast in regards to Benavidez. You know, everybody was always talking about Caleb Plant and all these other fighters uh, fighting Canelo. I just asked, like, why don't people mention David Benavidez? That would be a great showdown, you know. But uh, even Samson Lukowitz, who is the promoter for Benavidez, says, no, that's not going to be happening and he's more or less hinting that it's Canelo that doesn't want it. They're trying to goad Canelo into a fight. Be like, oh no, Canelo's too much of a pansy. No, 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 he just wants to play golf and, you know, reestablish a connection with his biological father, Ron Howard. No, 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 no. He, he doesn't want to fight David Benavidez. He, he's a chicken. Buck, buck, buck. I mean, they can keep trying to goad Canelo, but it's not going to happen right away because it's been announced that Canelo's next fight will be against Gennady Golovkin. The third fight that, you know, I I wanted to see, but after a while I thought, it's not going to happen. It is happening. I cannot believe this. I'm, I, I, I got to, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Canelo, but I tip my hat to him for always taking these fights. It's never like some easy tune up against a guy who, you know, you're just looking at this and like, oh God, what the hell are you even doing here? Like, who qualified you to fight Canelo? No. Uh, You know, Canelo's got balls. Say what you want for him. Now, the third fight between Golovkin and Canelo. This is something that fans have wanted for a long time. Canelo seemed quite content at times, never to mention Triple G again. And I thought there would be some time uh, you know, initially after their second fight, I thought, okay, that fight, their, their rematch took place in 2018. I thought, okay, it probably won't happen in 2019, but early 2020, that's when they're going to make the third fight between him and Golovkin, and it never took place. And I watched uh, both of those fights between Canelo and Golovkin live. I scored both of them for Gennady Golovkin, and I thought that the first fight certainly was very clear in Golovkin's favor. This time, though, I think it's going to be a much more competitive fight because in the years since, we've seen how much Canelo has grown skill-wise. Now, even though he lost his fight with Bevel, it's clear that he's still one of the best fighters in the world, certainly the best at super middleweight, and that's where this fight is going to be taking place. This is, like, as far as I know... All of Golovkin's fights have taken place at 160 pounds in the middleweight division. This is his first time stepping out of that comfort zone, so to speak. It's going to be taking place at 168 pounds. 
I think that's a bigger risk for Golovkin than before. Canelo's only, what, 31 or 32 years old? Golovkin turned 40 back in April. I would not be surprised, win, lose, or draw, if this was the final fight of Golovkin's career. Because if he, if he can win, if he can win this fight over his biggest rival and become the undisputed super middleweight champion of the world and just say, all right, that's it. I'm walking off into the sunset. Wow. What, what a, what a great way to end your career. I mean, as, as we get closer, I'm going to be trying to do a lot more analysis and think, okay, you know, let, let, let's look at the level of competition that Golovkin's been facing compared to Canelo. And, you know, let's see how they've looked in previous fights. I mean, I, I don't know. Before, like, I picked uh, Golovkin for both fights and I had him winning both fights. And I was being very objective scoring them. So I don't want any accusations of bias but, you know, this is, I don't know. I might actually lean towards Canelo going into this third fight. Yeah, you heard that right. Andrew Schweitzer is, like, leaning towards Canelo. But we're going to have to see. A lot can happen between now and September 17th. That's uh, when the fight's going to be taking place. I was actually surprised that they announced it. It's kind of like, oh, wow, you know, like, I thought they would announce something in June, maybe do a uh, press tour but you know what it's already the end of may so either way we got this fight to look forward to i'm very excited for it and this is a great way for canal to show look all right yeah i did lose a fight at light heavyweight but i was willing to challenge myself and you got to appreciate the fact that uh triple g is willing to move up to 168 pounds to take this fight either way moving on Arislandi Lara. You know, I feel a bit bad for him. And if you've been listening to this podcast whenever I make a new episode and I happen to mention Lara, you know that's not a new feeling for me. Last year, he scores the, the, this great one-punch knockout of Thomas Lamana. He wins the WBA regular middleweight championship. And this is always a confusing thing. It's like, well, wait a minute. How, how does the WBA have a regular champion and a super champion. It's just... Uh, makes my brain bleed thinking about it. But Laura looked dynamic knocking out Lamana. It was kind of like, all right. You know, this is what you should have done last year. Like, instead of just talking about... You know, taking these uh, fights at 154 pounds against people who don't have a chance. You know, move up to 160 pounds. Make some noise there. And he made some noise with that knockout. But then it's like... Any more noise? No? Like, we gotta wait just over a year for him to get back into the ring. And he gets put in with Spike O'Sullivan, who is, is a guy who looks like one of those boxers you would see from old silent movies. He's got the bald head, or shaved head, rather. And, um, you, you can't say bald in England now, apparently. Either way, come and arrest me. I could use a vacation. Um... He's got this old-timey mustache. He looks like somebody who uh, time-traveled from the 1900s. And so it's like, oh, you know what? Let's just make him a boxer. But he gets into the ring with Lara. And unfortunately, it's just eight rounds of, oh, come on. And I, I, I've seen people talk about this fight. One guy said it was almost putting him to sleep. Yeah, uh, Lara did end up knocking Sullivan down 
in the uh, or O'Sullivan. I'm sorry, his name is. I'm just gonna call him Spike. But it's like if you if you got a cool name like that, I expect you to win your fight, and he didn't win. Uh, he got knocked down in the fourth round. Uh, credit to him for getting back up because that was a hard uh, left he took on the chin. But I, I, I was watching it, and I just. I, I kept wanting Lara to step on the gas a little bit. It's like, come on, open up. Go wild like he did on Roman Alvarez back in 2018. Just get this overmatched opponent out of there. We, we've seen him do it. I thought he looked dynamic against Lamana. He looked dynamic against um, Roman Alvarez. But it's just like, come on, don't eight rounds. No. Now, I've heard some people, uh, yeah, Lara obviously retains his WBA regular middleweight title. I, I, uh, I, I, I really hate this stuff about, oh, he's our regular champion, and, you know, Golovkin's our super champion. Well, why, why, why don't you just have a champion? Why do you need a regular champion and a super champion? I, I don't understand it. And if you've got the two, why don't you have those two fight? Nobody likes my ideas. I've heard some people saying that Lara's legs are gone. He's not moving as much as he did in the past. And, you know, this is a side effect of age. He's 39. He'll be 40 next year in April. Um, I don't think it's unre- uh, I, I don't think, uh, that's an unreasonable hypothesis. However, I also think that Lara's not moving, uh, like he used like he used to, because it's quite possible he doesn't see a need to. He knows somebody like Spike Sullivan. Spike O'Sullivan. Why do I always keep getting that name mixed up? But Spike couldn't hurt him. He knew that Lamana couldn't hurt him. So he doesn't see the need to move as much. I think the question is, what's going to happen when he gets matched up against somebody of a higher quality of opponent? How are his legs going to react then? How is his power going to hold up against somebody who's of a higher quality than Spike or Cornflake Lamana? I don't know. But uh, I kind of wish Alara would fight more than once a year. I realize that he's not the most entertaining fighter out there. You know, as big of a uh, fan I am of him, I'll, even I'll admit, like, I've I've watched some of his fights and it's just like, come on, step it up, get him out of there. Get him out of there. But not, I'm also reminded of something that Mary Spencer told me about Floyd Mayweather, and that is he's not fighting to be entertaining. He's fighting to win. And uh, that that basically sums up his boxing style. Um, that was on the undercard of the uh, Gervonta Davis-Rolando Romero uh, card. Now, Davis versus Romero. That was a that was a that was a very good fight. I, I mean, Davis looked very dynamic in this. It it wasn't one sided by any means, as uh, Romero tried to insist afterwards at the press conference. He said that he was winning every minute of every round. It's like, well, gee, um, two of the three judges had you losing the fight at the time bout got stopped and stopped uh, at the end of the sixth round. I, I I'm watching a replay online and. It's funny, like, uh, Davis is kind of backing up towards the ropes, and Romero is falling into a trap, but he doesn't realize it. And 
he he's moving in and he squares up his body and as soon as that happened i just started saying square up square up square up kind of like a warning like don't square up don't square up davis throws this left hand bam connects uh romero's legs just give out he falls into the ropes and gets up and i kind of thought all right the referee's gonna let this continue but tank's gonna finish it no the referee was uh telling romero okay you know step over here step over here and romero like i I don't know i don't think he was hurt that badly but it was clear that he's not in any condition to continue because he's not moving so the referee just waves off then and there fights over he he walked into the punch and as i was watching like the slow motion replays i got uh flashbacks to the uh, fourth fight between juan manuel marquez and manny pacquiao hard to believe that's going to be uh that fight's going to be 10 years old this year it's a brilliant trap that you sort of see coming just a second before it sprung and then afterwards it's all you could see coming so davis goes up to 27 and 0 with 25 big wins by knockout the lightweight division is really exciting right now this this is a dynamic time for the division ryan garcia undefeated uh he says that he wants to fight tank davis next and that uh he wants to make a fight for sometime in december this coming weekend you've got the undefeated uh unified champion george cambosis going up against the undefeated wbc champion devin haney in australia now this is once again the damn confusing thing about sanctioning bodies cambosis has the wba lightweight super championship davis has the regular championship and yet oh god i think i can feel a brain bleed coming on oh yeah you know what i i I better stop right now like i said this is going to be a shorter podcast and i don't want to end the uh program or my life with uh the sound of my brains coming out of my ears because yeah, I don't, I don't like sanctioning bodies. I hate them. Burn them to the ground. Okay, Cambosis versus Haney. I will be talking about the aftermath of that, what it means to the division, because win, lose, or draw for whoever, it's going to be very exciting. It's, you know, the lightweight division, like I said, it's really exciting right now. We need more of this excitement in boxing. Like, just look at the lineup of uh, the top... Uh, the top lightweights in the world you've got george cambosis jr teofimo lopez vasily lomachenko devin haney gervonta davis ryan garcia this is a great time for the lightweight division i freaking love it let's get some more great fights because i just want to see more of them and you know let's hopefully this can lead to you know the creation of some new superstars god knows boxing needs them we could always use some more superstars and i could always uh make some more podcasts so hopefully this shorter format will be working better for me i mean we're reaching the 20 minute mark already but i don't want to focus too much on analysis and whatnot let's just stick to the facts and that's what i'm going to try to do hopefully with another podcast soon regarding uh george Camposis jr versus devin haney no prediction from me on that unfortunately so just assume that whatever the result is, that's how Andrew saw it going.
Anyway, that's all I have for you for this episode. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Eris Lundy Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Millerad Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. Thanks. I only had to ask you like a billion times.